Welcome to Moot, the podcast where mistakes are guaranteed and our point is moot. Today it is me and Joe. And yep. yes, and we will be discussing Hereditary, the movie Hereditary. I will warn you, there will be spoilers. And if you have, if you want to watch the movie, do not listen to this first. Don't read reviews. Don't look at things online. Don't like get involved. Just just watch it and then just come turn back. Turn your fucking computer off and find a DVD, man. Yeah, something. Yeah, old school. Yeah. Red box it. You know. Uh, Red box. What's that? Oh, it's uh, it's porn site. They're they're like movie dispensaries. It's like, it's like. Oh, a- oh yeah, like like Blockbuster. Kind of, it's like it's it's like a blockbuster vending machine, and we have. Well, a, I, a I really like blockbuster. Like we don't have blockbuster here, uh, and no one does have that anywhere anymore. But right, uh, we oh, used to have. There's thing one, I think. There's still one. Which sold candy. They had a bowling alley, and they also let you rent movies. A bowling alley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They will always combine a bowling alley with a movie rental place. That is nuts. Okay, so uh, anyway, hereditary. Um, go watch it, and if you have watched it, then this podcast is for you. All right, Joe. It still might not be for you. This is a pretty shitty podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 you you can you can you you're allowed to watch it, and and you are allowed to listen to us too. You know, we're just warning you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to watch the movie either. You can just listen to us tell you what the movie is about. That's the movie except you don't have to spend two hours doing it I, I i don't recommend that though the movie's worth watching especially it is, it's if fantastic if you hate horror films definitely watch it oh yeah yeah if you're really into romantic comedies this is your movie <laughs> this is your jam <laughs> so, so I mean, it's hereditary right it's all about lineage and you know getting down yeah it's 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 actually more of a documentary than anything it follows a family yeah yeah it follows a family they have uh Things happen. It's, it's about as they do with families. Yeah, it's about how they parent. You know the kind of decisions yeah. there. And yeah, grandma is invested. <laughs> <laughs> oh, grandma was invested in that movie. Good God, she was. She was. I've yeah. never seen anyone act the shit out of a coffin like that before. It was nice. Oh God, that was. Uh, yeah, that's the most memorable dead body I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Definitely not more memorable than Charlie. <laughs> Oh God, no! Oh God, and yeah, yeah. Uh, so, like, you saw this for the first time yesterday. What did I you- did. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. It's my favorite horror movie. I, I it's so good. It's so. Good. It's like every character in that movie is the main character too. At some point. Yeah. 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 Except for maybe the husband. He's kind of a low key role, but the actor is really kick ass. So he, out of his tiny role. That's, that's interesting because every he, single character in the in the main family gets possessed by Paimon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he does he? I mean, he gets uh, he gets combusted by Paimon, but I don't think he gets possessed. Well, that's why that's why he combusts because so I think the timeline is I'm pretty certain Charlie obviously has Paimon in her from birth because the grandmother does her like breast. No, she doesn't have it from birth. It's she she has it from a very young age because. Uh, when she's in that meeting, you know, that first, uh, oh, I lost my mom meeting. She, uh, the main character, what's her name? She's uh, telling about how, like, she kept her son away from her grandma. Uh, but 
she regrets letting her connect back with the family and getting her claws into her daughter and spending so much time with her daughter. Okay. So it's not from birth. It's just that Charlie has been kind of like, she's been kind of a temporary host for him ever since she was basically a teeny tiny toddler. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she's, also not a, she's also not a suitable host because Pyman is a, he's a guy, right? And she's a girl. Yes. So he can't really, he can't really, uh, he can't really, he can't really dominate her that well. You know, he can only influence her. Right. And that, that has symbolism too, because Pyman is often, uh, was, was depicted in early writings like the Ars Goetica or Goet, Goetia um, as having a woman's face, but being in like a man's body with a woman's face and a man's voice. Yeah. Um, so he's a, he's, a, he's a sweet looking guy. Yeah. <laughs> so she... <laughs> <laughs> so uh charlie has the has pyman in her and then when she dies i actually think it goes into the dad and the dad has it until he gets until she until tony collette throws the mom throws the the uh book in the fire and then it, he burns and then she gets possessed and then it passes no 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 because she burns initially when she puts the book into the fire oh that's right yeah. yeah, that's that's why she that's why she throws the book into the fire because she's expecting her to die, which is why she kisses him goodbye and says, "Oh, you were the love of my life. Please just do this, just do this." Because she can't, she can't even like stomach the idea of burning herself. But when she realizes he won't, she panics and throws it into the fire. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I, I don't think he was possessed at all. I think it was just a nasty trick by Pyman. See, I feel like he would have to. So maybe it was in her. And then it jumps to him at some point. Maybe there's, a, I maybe I need to watch it for a fourth time. Because burning, and, the, burning the book doesn't doesn't do shit to Pyman anyways. It turns out because she did burn the book. She burned the hell out of that book. Pyman still, he's still around. Yeah. So I, I think it was just a nasty trick by him to get her to uh, fucking because he's the he's the god of mischief. He's a trickster god. So I literally think that he like he he did that burning thing to her when he knew she. Because he's been working on her for a while now, and the, the the man, like the husband, he's basically the biggest problem for Pyman in that house. Yeah, you know, because the son, he's not a problem. The son is the price. Charlie's already out of the picture, and she was a nice tool. And uh, the 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 wife, like the main character, she is basically he he like ever since she got uh, uh, tricked by that witch, right, Joni. The, 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 her her yeah. mom's friend. Yeah, yeah. Ever since she got tricked by that witch, uh, she's been like working her, right? Yeah. And the only the biggest obstacle here is basically the husband because he's like the skeptic. Yeah. And he's like, well, call the police. We'll get the order of this, right? You can't have that. That 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 that's like a fucking stick in the wheel, right? Well, and, and even though he's obviously distressed, you know, they say another at another point in the movie that um, Pyman needs in order to enter a host that is older, they, Pyman needs them to be mentally broken down. Yeah, he needs the them vulnerable. The least vulnerable, like the least mentally broken down. And who's more vulnerable than fucking uh, the fucking uh, kid, right? Peter. Huh? I would I mean, say especially, especially after Charlie sticks her head out the window and gets fucking creamed. I would still say the mom. The mom's more vulnerable. That's The mom's definitely more vulnerable, but she's not a good host. Right, exactly. So it would it took 
like seeing the mom beheading herself with the the what the, the piano the wire. wire. Yeah. yeah. Oh God, I feel bad for that mom. Oh man, it's the thing. I feel bad for her. throughout the movies. Many times, I felt bad for her. Then I didn't feel bad for her. Then I felt bad for her. You know what I mean? I felt bad. Many times, many times I was like, George, you cunt, you horrible fucking mom. You remind me of my mom, well, right? <laughs> and then at some points, I'm like, Jesus Christ, but oh, she goes through so much shit. Can I really blame her for being like this? And then like she tries to make things better as well, right? And honestly, all of that like roller coastering with whether she's a fucking bitch or whether she's a like a fucking broken-hearted mother, it makes her so human. Because she's never a character I fully like or fully dislike. Like when she's yelling at Peter over the dinner table, I'm just thinking, oh, fuck you. Fuck you for saying yeah, that yeah. to him. Yeah, but but the at the same is- time, it was her daughter. Of course she's right. distressed. She's not thinking clearly. Who would? I, yeah. I th- well, and, and not only that. So I think it's kind of, because I talked to someone else who, who didn't like how the mom reacted a few times. And, and it just felt like the Skylar treatment from Breaking Bad. You know, people like hated Skylar. It's like, yeah, but put yourself in her shoes. <laughs> like, think about what it would feel like to be in that situation. And then think yeah. of those actions really are unjustified or not. And I don't know when she when she's gives out the cry and you, you she's like on the floor sobbing and she says just let me die like that whole scene. yeah that that scene that scene oh that hurt me so deeply in my chest yeah that was that for me it's that was the hardest part not, of the movie. you have to be made of stone not to feel her pain right there yeah and also 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 Peter's fucking emotions in that you know when he's driving a car he's panicking just that he's pa- driving on a fucking road panicking while his sister is choking in the back seat right yeah i was feeling that panic i was thinking like shit what if i was in his shoes right now and i had to drive my sister like that right when you're in the middle of no and, and, and then and then she sticks her head out and the fucking oh god <laughs> i understand the catatonic state he is in i can just like you've you've all Anyone who has siblings has been in that kind of situation in a minuscule scale version, you know, like where your 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 sibling just like their head and they they're just like silent, and you're like, shit, did did they just die? You know, <laughs> shit, I'm responsible. Good God, oh my God, you know. But parents and, are gonna and, anyone can anyone can recognize that, except in his case, his little sister's head is like 200 meters behind the car. Oh God. And oh. they don't even show it then. They wait. No, they, they, don't, they don't show it until it's way later. And until I it's decaying and it's got the bugs crawling on it and yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's when you realize. I thought she just broke her neck up until that point. Oh, I, I assume she was very dead. And, and it was it was kind of like, uh, what was the movie that um, they had Drew Barrymore? I think Scream. They, they, they advertised Drew Barrymore at the begin- in all the trailers. I have no idea who Drew Barrymore is. Um, I think I think it's I think it's Drew Barrymore. I should have. Yeah, I want to Google Drew Barrymore just so I can know what the, who the hell because I know the face, Drew Barrymore, not to be confused with Drew Barryless. So, now this tells me nothing. So this face, I don't recognize this face at all. I can see that she's sitting standing next to Reagan. I hope I hope I don't get this wrong. I may, but the, the, when when the movie I think Scream came out. They were advertising, I think, Drew Barrymore in all of their advertisements. And it was a really big deal because she was she was one of the most popular actresses at the time. And 
I can kind of recognize her face, but I have no idea who she is. Um, she's been in movies. I'm not. I'm not good with this bad stuff. Oh, here's a picture of her young. Yeah, that face is super recognizable. What What the hell did she play in? Tons of stuff. She's been in a lot. Can you mention one famous thing? No, I don't know. I, I I'm not good with this stuff. I do not know actors. I, I think Drew Barrymore might be like the Mandela effect. She doesn't really exist. She's <laughs> oh god. Anyway, uh, so what Screen did was they advertised her and they advertised her and they advertised her, and she died in like the opening scene. And everybody's like, "What? What? You know, like, <laughs> like what's the rest of this movie going to be about?" And so it was a really big deal. It was That's a really so cool. bold move to take your most famous actress and and cap her in the first scene. So uh, that's that's what Hereditary did for me because I thought, oh, this is going to be a possession story. You know, I thought it was going to be like The Exorcism of Emily Rose, or you know, the yeah, yeah, yeah. I was so sure that the 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 the, the Charlie was gonna was gonna was gonna be like possessed or something. Yeah, no, but they, yeah. they even give you that like five seconds of silence with just like the, the broad shot of the car on the road to, to just let it sink in that she's gone, she's dead. And the yeah. rest of the movie, who knows? <laughs> you know, because she, like, was, she was basically the main character up until that point. Yes. And, and then the like, main character switched to, uh, to Peter. And then after a while, it switched to the mom. And then it switched back to Peter for a little bit, and then to the mom again, and then finally Peter. Yeah, well, I would say the main character is just the family because it's it definitely starts with Charlie, but then point. it then it then it backs up, and the family becomes the protagonists. I think I was so know. sad about Charlie too because I really liked that character. I, I thought she was such a sweet kid. Yeah, and she's a little a- freaky with the uh, the pigeon heads and all that, but <laughs> in general, I thought, well, that's artistic. One one of the pigeon heads that she makes winds up in Joan's apartment. You can I didn't notice that. Yeah, you can see it. It's like on the table, kind of like down left. Oh, okay, okay. I'm gonna watch this movie again so, and see what else I missed. Joan has well, you you there's cultists all throughout the movie. They're like hidden in the backgrounds. It's cool. They, they in the end, it was just a bunch of fat naked cultists in the house, and I was like, where the hell did these characters come from? They they were there the whole time. They were watching yeah. them. And and you can see like in shots, like sometimes in the background, you'll see them like in between the trees or something, just kind of staring. Okay. I was really struggling to find out what was up with Charlie though, because she's like, like no offense to her, but she's really ugly, right? She kind of <laughs> looks like uh, like uh, Emperor Augustus. Yeah, yeah, I, but, I but, but she up. she doesn't seem like she's retarded. You know, she's kind of like maybe mildly autistic, or just yeah. a special kid, right? Like uh, nothing, not nothing like actually like medically wrong with her. She's just like uh, like a weird kid. I chalked it up to like stunted physical and emotional and intellectual growth from having a demon possessed at you from an early. I feel like that would affect you. (laughs) Make you more grotesque over time. But she's so lovable. Such a sweet kid. Yeah. Oh, God. She's walking around with that big ass sweater, just being all adorable and doing arts and crafts every now and then. It's like, who wouldn't want to have a kid like that around the house? And I feel so bad for her when her brother brings her to that party and he just like, yeah, she's not having fun over the bedroom. (laughs) Feel bad for him too. He wanted to be there with his friends. He want to score with a girl, you know? Yeah. Like this is not good for either of them. Charlie wants to be home playing with bird's heads. Peter wants to, you know, (laughs) get laid or get some bird's head. (laughs) Well, 
yeah better if it was british i think it kind of set up it was a nice showing of their dynamic too like when charlie's at home this is how she's treated sit on the couch we're gonna go do other stuff yeah you know that that's why she gets so much time to practice her autopsy or whatever she's doing (laughs) (laughs) she should be a coroner i mean if she had grown to old age old age like full age she would have probably been a great coroner she doesn't seem fit yeah yeah (laughs) yeah like i i I remember walking along the road once and then i just like kind of like happened upon a dead cat and i literally fell backwards it was just like it was just creeped me out to such a degree yeah I, I was see, running the other see, day. Tons of dead, you see tons of dead birds and shit around, right? Because they always like fly into a car or a building or something because birds are not that bright. <laughs> uh, but it's like when you see a dead cat, it's like seeing a tiny dead person kind of, you know what I mean? It's like you, you hang around them more. Yeah. They're not that alien to you. That, you know? That's how I felt. Like I, That's how I felt when I saw there was a skunk and it, it had been flattened by something in the road it was just laying in the road and i was running and i ran i had to run kind of close to it because there's no sidewalk yeah and people's houses were kind of close to the road so i had to kind of stay in the road and and it it creeped me out because they're bigger i guess and they're yeah. but it is weird though how certain animals uh just they don't look that good dead <laughs> I mean, that's not to say that that's not to say that any animals look good, but some animals really unnerve you more than others. Like if I see a, 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 a like a decapitated sheep's head, that doesn't like it, it's not pleasant, but it doesn't phase me as much because it's kind of like, well, yeah, yeah, okay, that's a shame. I like sheep; they're cute, they're sweet. You can pet them, and they're delicious. But it's more like you kind of expect them to die. Right. Uh, certain animals, when you see like a decapitated head of it, you kind of it, it's it's not as it doesn't feel that close. It feels more like a farm animal, right. which a hundred years from now is going to sound monstrous that I could even consider saying such a thing because I think that's the next like I think that's the next social social justice thing. We we go when we look back and go like, oh god, I can't believe people used to do that. I well, think and- that'll be. I think animals is going to be on that list, but. See, you see like a dead fish it's like oh uh you see a dead bird it's like oh okay fly and you see a dead cat and it's like oh god oh god 911 call my you know it becomes like a can you hear me i can't hear you i can't hear you all right okay i got a message saying my connection was unstable but maybe it's just me who's unstable but yeah you know what i mean you know what i mean certain certain animals just uh, you don't want to see them dead well the, the more the the more the, the, the bigger the animal is and the more intelligence it seems to have i think it's going to make it more traumatic like it's more traumatic to see you know a pig killed than a bug and a snake definitely but i don't think it's just size and intelligence because pigs are undeniably smarter than cats they're like they're, they're they they rival dogs when it comes to intelligence uh, but seeing a pig's head i've seen a pig's head it wasn't pleasant but it's not as bad as when i saw that cat dead on the road hmm. there's just I mean, something to do be, with the... i spent i spent some time working on farms and i and i worked with animals and like got to feed them and stuff so i 
and and when I was in biology, we dissected a cat. So I I would I've had more exposure to it. Maybe I I would I would think a pig would be worse than a cat. No, because my ex girlfriend's father was a farmer, right? Yeah. So I, I spent a lot of time like feeding cows and petting cows and dealing with cows. Um, but when like they had to they had to kill one of the calves, right? Because uh, the uh, it's gonna like it's gonna be food. Um, uh, not calves was another. I, I don't know what they killed. I I don't know the terminology. They kill a cow because it was gonna be food. Mm-hmm. That was a little upsetting, but not as much as when I saw the dead cat. Wow. Although that that, that dead cat did catch me by surprise too. I wasn't emotionally prepared for that. Um, but yeah, it's it just like I don't know. It feels more like a like a family member because you tend to you tend to have cats in your house. A pet, a pet would be a thousand times worse than than that. If it was just oh, like yeah, yeah, if you know the cat, that's terrible. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. yeah. That's then it's like a. Then it's like a um, but anyway, back to then it's not even an animal anymore. Then it's just I, a guy. Back to back to Charlie. With Charlie doing exper- operating on these animals, being the operative term, she. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I one of the things I liked about that movie was you know Psycho had um, the taxidermy, and taxidermy has been used in a bunch of stuff. You know. To be fair, taxidermy is the creepiest fucking hobby, though. It is, but it's, I think it's lost its edge. And I think that's why this movie stepped it up with her taking scissors, you know, just like yeah. a random household object and, and just cutting off yeah. heads of birds because that she's, is. She's, uh, she's keeping it simple. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, and it also makes more sense than like a, a small child being able to do create taxidermy. I'm just not really doing that. A lot of hipsters do taxidermy these days. Oh, that's. Yeah. That is when I lived in when I lived in England, there was a girl. I didn't know her personally, but I knew her through a friend. Uh, and she was like a she's like a super hipster and a vegan that did taxidermy on roadkill. Mm. It's like the fuck? You're trying to bring the animals back to life? Yeah. Like <laughs> is this some kind of vegan voodoo? <laughs> I mean, also, also, why roadkill? Roadkill seems like a terrible thing for taxidermy. Won't, won't they all have like a, you know, won't you have to wash them very thoroughly and get rid of the tire marks and the skin? Sure. I mean, that's, it's got to be the fun though, isn't it? Like if you find a more flattened roadkill, is that a big challenge? I cannot possibly imagine that that's fun. That's because you're not into taxidermy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, creeps. <laughs> uh, I don't respect the hobby. <laughs> I admire the artisanship, artisanry, but I don't respect the hobby. That's fair. Yeah. I think it's it's not like a hobby where you're like, good for you. I'm glad you, I'm glad you practice tax. If if someone told me, hey, you know what? I have a basement full of of dead stuffed animals that I made myself. I would, I would have follow up questions. I'd ask them more. I wouldn't have any follow-up questions. I would leave. (laughs) (laughs) Not even a goodbye. Just turn around and walk away. Let me ask you this. What if you were engaged? You were engaged for like years and and the wedding is in like three months, okay? And you've known this girl for like six, seven years and then you find out three months before the wedding. 
She has a basement full of taxidermy. And she's like, hey, you know what? I have this badger. I thought of you the entire time. I, it was the most flattened road. Give me my ring back. <laughs> it's the most flattened road. Give me my ring God. back right now. She says, she says, I had to reconstruct it. And I thought of you. It's I like, I like big projects. You know what? Keep the ring. Just get away. <laughs> Just leave. You can take, take my ring too. Have it all. <laughs> All right, so our listeners should know that Joe is open for marriage, but not if you're a taxidermist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're a taxidermist, it's, um, I'm, I'm sorry. I just, I, there's just some things I can't handle. <laughs> it's just some secrets that are too dark. Yes, yes. Yeah. Like if you tell me that you, you buried someone in your garden, it depends on how much I love you. I can get past that. I just need to know you had a good reason. And that you didn't do something weird with the corpse. <laughs> That's all I need. That's I'm not asking for much. I think you know, washing, preparing, and then stuffing. The stuff. yeah, like if if we go bury if you if we start digging in your garden, and there's like a taxidermied human body there, that's that's a little too much. You know, I'm starting to regret this podcast episode because we just lost our entire taxidermy audience. You know, that's. Yeah, which I mean, considering this fucking podcast is probably going to be our entire audience. <laughs> <laughs> we went from fifteen listeners down to two because they were all taxidermists, as it turns out. Yeah, they were all freaks. <laughs> if there's any taxidermists out there listening, I want to uh, want to tell you to seek help and fuck off. Stop. <laughs> All right. I tried to be diplomatic there for a second. I just couldn't do it. You tried. You, you. I, I really tried with every fiber of my being. It looks like those those your management classes aren't working. <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> no. All right. Uh, I have a message from our sponsors before we get back, and then I have a good anecdote to share, which it's terrifying. But anyway. Um, so anyway, from our sponsor, are you a parent who just can't seem to get their kids into math? Are flashcards and YouTube tutorials too boring to hold their attention? Introducing Before They Hatch, the counting kit, the counting kit for kids featuring real fertilized chicken eggs. The way it works is your toddlers count the eggs and then they count how many actually hatch into baby chicks. Toddlers can learn about subtraction as they find out how many baby birdie embryos just didn't make it. Teach your kids the meaning of life by manually smashing some of the eggs right in front of them. This win-win kit by Malicious Toys Incorporated is the right way for kids to learn counting. Before they hatch, kits are available either online or in retailers near you. And remember, don't gift wrap them for Christmas. (laughs) So, parents out there. So it's a fitting one to go with the taxidermy. (laughs) And and the the troubled child chopping the heads off birds. Good God. So I was I was watching this movie. My my mom and my sister really like horror movies, and I and I went to show them this movie. And they they were spiritually destroyed by it. I mean, they they left it in a in a worse place than when they started. Which is that's that that's how you know it's a good horror movie. Yes, and it's supposed to do something to your soul. Yes. Oh, it does. And it, we got to the end though, and and they do the crowning, and every and you know all the cultists are up in the treehouse, and they yell, "Hail, King Pyman!" And as soon as they said that, the the electric the electricity in my house went out. The, the everything, 
and we're watching this at like 11 o'clock at night and did you plan that no it was everybody it was like it wasn't just our house it was other that's so good. Oh, that's the electricity so good. the whole neighborhood went out, and it was we're just sitting there in the dark, like holy shit. <laughs> it, was, oh. it was terrifying. <laughs> that's that's fantastic. Oh, that must that that must have made an impression on your mama. Oh, it did. She's she's oh. like is. The, <laughs> it, it took a second for it to. She said later. She goes. It took a second for it to set in. I thought just like the screen went black and then I realized I was sitting in black like all the <laughs> we had we had like a kitchen light on that you could kind of see from the other room and that everything was gone and we look around all the other houses are out just like that is so fantastic <laughs> it was terrifying I, I'm not gonna lie it was it was probably one of the best coincidences of my entire life that, that is that is that's like a ghost story level coincidence yes so yeah. I'm pretty sure something is haunting my house now and I need to figure out what it is so I can get rid of it. <laughs> yeah, I just I'll be careful with any books you burn. This is right. Uh, burn them slowly, okay? Give yourself time to yeah, I gotta do the batch at the edge, like one piece of paper to see if like one of my like arm hairs light up or something. <laughs> yeah, don't 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 pour paint thinner on anything. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So you know what? That's the thing, right? I I didn't. I, the second, the second she brought up that page with King Paimon, yeah. And I read uh, the whole thing. Paimon is a male god, so he prefers a male host, right? Yeah. That's when I. That, he, when the second I read that, I realized, ah, ah it's Peter. Peter's gonna be Paimon. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. and, and that's and you're supposed to know that because the the classroom stuff happens right around the same time. Yeah, it happens like right afterwards. It's like, uh, like almost like the next scene. Yeah, and uh, but I, I, it was like because it reminds me of another movie I saw with, uh, I think the guy is Jamie Fox. Um, do you have you seen Jarhead? No. Oh, it's a really good movie with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, and there's a guy who plays uh, the sergeant there. He, I think, is Jamie Fox, and he's a black guy who's kind of like the the sergeant from Aliens, slash Sergeant Johnson from Halo. I haven't seen Aliens either. No, but you played Halo, right? I played about an hour with you. I played Halo Three, the first couple. Yeah, of- do you remember the? Do you remember the black guy in Halo Three in the beginning? No. Uh, he's the guy who's beaten up by the brutes and thrown into prison, but he's got like you know he's a tough guy. Yeah, that was a few months ago. I don't. I don't remember much. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's it's kind of like a stereotypical thing from Aliens. Um, it's like uh, you know like the the hoorah. Uh, uh, black sergeant with the, the cigar in his mouth, you know. Yeah, it's a pretty cool, cool trope. It's like it's one of my favorite favorite character tropes ever. Um, anyways, he plays. That's the, uh, this has nothing to do with Jarhead. I was just hoping you would have seen that movie so you knew who Jamie Fox was. Um. Anyway, Jamie Fox played in this movie where he was like he was a detective and they were trying to solve a murder case. And he was like flipping a coin between his fingers the whole movie. I tried to learn how to do that because I thought it was so cool. <laughs> uh, it, it, the whole thing is that there is, uh, there is uh, like, whoever's committing the murders is, is being possessed by this ancient demon called Pazuzu. Like, I, th- I think it's Pazuzu. You know, let me Google it. Let me Google it. Pazuzu. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
yeah 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 it, yeah okay it wasn't um assuming this is actually the thing yeah okay yeah anyway he, he's being possessed by him uh and the whole thing is that towards the end he's like trying to because the, the the this demon is trying to possess him as he's one of the few people who believe it exists and he's hunting it right he's trying to kill it yeah his plan is to kill it by getting it to possess him uh in the middle of nowhere so he can kill himself because the demon that can only live on earth by jumping into a nearby host right like exorcist style when like when the when they exercise the demon out of the girl or the devil and he like jumps i haven't actually seen the exorcist but i'm pretty sure it's it's gotta have some elements that's a ripoff of the exorcist sure yeah anyway it's like i don't know the, the movie reminded me of that yeah, because because he's jumping he's jumping between the family members throughout the movie. Yeah, right. He's just jumping and he's trying to get to his uh, final host. A fun fact: the uh, actor who played Alex Wolf, who played the kid, the the son, um, mm-hmm. when when Peter goes, he wanted to uh, break his nose on the desk for real, like he wanted to actually hit his head hard enough that he would. And God, I love method actors. <laughs> Right. And Ari Aster, the director, is like, nah, you don't need to do that. That's not necessary for this. We're just going to build you a foam desk and then you can like add sound effects and cosmetics. So he went, so he's like, you know what? Screw this. I'm going to, I'm going to hit the desk as hard as I can anyway. What he didn't know was only the top half was foam and the bottom half wasn't. And so he actually dislocated his jaw instead. Oh. Uh, oh that's a nasty surprise it is oh god i love that though i love that commitment to the role right. what a cool guy <laughs> he was terrific in that movie though he was like, i didn't really i didn't really notice him at all as a character until that scene in the car yeah you know i didn't really notice him as a character he felt kind of like a like a like what do they call it like a bi character is that what they call it? Side character, maybe. A side character. Yeah, I'm, I'm mixing Norwegian with English here. Or, or um, minor, minor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he felt like a like a semi character, you know, like a supporting a supporting character. There you go. Supporting character <laughs> uh, up until those fucking twenty seconds of just staring into his eyes on the road. <laughs> well, that's the thing is, is is when Charlie dies, you're like, okay, who do I pay attention to? <laughs> Yeah, because at, at, at that moment when he's just sitting there and I'm just looking into his eyes and feeling his emotions and absorbing him, I'm almost feeling like fucking Kim Pyman myself. I'm like, I'm being sent into his body now. <laughs> I'm going from going from paying attention to Charlie to paying attention to him. Well, like an involuntary Kim Pyman. The the movie when when Ari Aster started writing it he he wanted it, he didn't want to write a horror movie he set out to write a movie about where something tragic happens and then you pay attention to the rest of the family and you go through their grief he wanted to highlight grief and so it's supposed to be much more dramatic and there there was no horror to it and he got about halfway through he got he got past the Charlie death scene and then he got to like with with the characters and. He realized, oh, this is I, I, just with a few tweaks, I can make this a miserable experience for everyone. And so he went back and rewrote it as a horror movie. So that's oh, a great move that was. It was. And, and, and 
it's one of the reasons why the other family members gain more prominence, not just because the movie's focused on Charlie, but because the movie was originally designed to showcase their grief and focus on the, their trauma. And so it wasn't just like them not like, you know, what actors are left, let's put, let's look at those. But it was also supposed to be an in-depth look at what they were going through post thing. So great because you, you, you really feel like, I'm just going to go back to that fucking uh, King Pyman example. You're, 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 you're kind of forced to be King Pyman from character to character on who's the focus. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's such, a, such a great fucking trick. <laughs> yeah. Well, and... and... I, did, I didn't even notice Peter at all in the movie. He was just like, he was just her brother. I didn't think he was going to have an important role in this movie at all. I didn't really care about him. It's just like the classical teenage boy, right? It's like, okay, yeah, yeah, you're wearing late. Okay, fine for you. And then this shit happens and I'm like, oh God, what's going on? You know, I'm like suddenly feeling his pain, suddenly caring about him, you know? And caring about Charlie too. Like, get her, get her to the hospital, man. We won't take a fucking nut allergy kid anywhere without an EpiPen. <laughs> I don't understand that. If you have, if you die from eating nuts, leave the house without an EpiPen. Right. Like, wouldn't you always have that on you? Like in a necklace or something? I would assume. I mean, maybe maybe that's just like, <laughs> maybe that's just the super Americanness of it all. You know, they're like $400. Why would you carry that? <laughs> Surprised. Like, if, you're, if you're diabetic, would you go anywhere without insulin? Oh, no. It's, it's, it's a good point. It's like, you, she should have had it with her, you know. Yeah, but again, again, mother shouldn't send her fucking thirteen-year-old uh, kid to like a fucking party with her brother either. Right? Just, yeah, teenage party like with high schoolers. Nah. Yeah, it's 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 just bad parenting. <laughs> you know, I, honestly, it's bad parenting in several ways. Because first of all, she doesn't want to go. Making her go, it's not that cool. Uh, she doesn't belong there. It's not the kind of party for her. I mean, I get it. Peter lied about it, but you got to expect your kids to lie about these things. <laughs> and second of all, this is the formative years of your son. Like he should not be babysitting his little baby sister on a party. That's like, you're, you're damaging both your kids at the same time here. I would say, yeah. I mean, I, I would say, yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah. you don't want him to drink. You don't want him to get laid because of some fucking weird shit. But I mean, you're basically just damaging your 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 fucking son's formative years here. Like you just make What I chalked it up to is that at that point, Pyman's Pyman starts working on the family spiritually and emotionally the moment the grandmother dies. And I think that at that point, because you know, she's getting really obsessive about the dollhouses and she's freaking out about, you know, her having to do this by the deadline. And she's dealing with uh, grief, the complicated grief with her mother passing, because it's not just like, oh, my mom died. It's like, oh, this woman that I don't really trust, who was also my mom, died. Yeah, like she's not even sad about her dying, but at the same time, it is a loss. Right. And so I think that that, that confusion is, is an, en an entryway for Pyman to start messing with her. And I think at that point, it wasn't really about making a smart decision. It was more like, get the hell out of the house. I can't deal with any of this right now. Yeah. She, <laughs> she just wants to be left alone and work on her dollhouse. 
yeah and 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 freak out even though she doesn't know necessarily why she's freaking out which i i like people would kind of do in that situation even without a demon yeah (laughs) i can see it i don't i'm not saying that there won't be a time where evelyn's in high school i'm like yeah bring your brother (laughs) yeah I'm not promising that now because I don't know what that 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 time of my life is going to be like. <laughs> well, I mean, you should have learned from that movie not to do that. Yeah. Well, Paul's not allergic to peanuts, so it's fine. No, but just, it doesn't matter. Charlie didn't die from a peanut; she died from a fucking lamppost. That's true, and maybe those lights didn't go out for no reason. Yeah, I, I, Paul may not be allergic to peanuts, but he's allergic to high-speed lampposts. I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's I think I'm allergic to high-speed lampposts. <laughs> I think I think that's a universal allergy. Okay. <laughs> Bullets, my only weakness. Uh. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, being damaged, my weakness. Uh, but yeah, I I like that the that the that that the changing protagonist affected you so much because it's a multi POV movie and. Yeah. I like it because it kind of fits in with the whole dollhouse thing. I, I, cause yeah, that spooked me in the beginning. Like why I felt like, what is this going to be like one of those, uh, like dollhouse horror movies, you know, where a doll comes alive or something since in the beginning of the movie, you're in a normal house. Then you get, you zoom in into a room in a dollhouse and then there's fucking living people in that room. And that's how the movie starts. Yeah. And the way they did that was they built a giant, they built the house on a soundstage, like, in, you know, so it was, it was in a closed environment, but they, they wanted to build the house themselves. So that way they would have, they could remove walls and make it look like a dollhouse on purpose. So like the camera. Wait, are you saying they actually built that dollhouse in like human size scale? Yes. Yes. Yeah. That sounds so expensive. Ten million dollar budget. Ten million budget. Yeah. Not only, I mean ten million. That's a lot of money. But still. That's 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 like the amount that Marvel will spend on just extras. Yeah. (laughs) And travel costs. (laughs) Like in movie movie money, it doesn't sound and they, they did a crazy thing. Like people just use computers for everything now. I thought they sure would have used that, but it felt so real. It was real. It was real. Well, and and Ari Aster had kind of a, a thing against CGI. He wanted everything to be done with stunts and special, like, you know, crew made special effects in any way possible. Like the candle, getting the I candle. Kinda, I kind of noticed that throughout the movie. Like, also, the, the, these weird, creepy scenes in the background where, like, you know, where Peter wakes up and his mom is possessed and she's crawling along the floor, but she's not even on the floor. She's in the air. Yeah. The <laughs> that scene was so creepy and weird. And I felt not a hint of CGI in it. Yeah. That is- I loved, I loved how they did those things. And like, you know how she's like trying to get through the fucking, it, it's kind of, kind of like an, kind of like an it, you know, the clown it moment when he goes up into the attic and she's hanging upside down on the thing, knocking her head like a fucking jackhammer, trying to get the worst part. That is, the, that is to me, that's the most horror-like part of that movie. Yeah, that is that is a hundred percent creep right there. A hundred percent creep. Yeah, 
It, 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 it's unreal. <laughs> It's, uh, it's very 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 spooky yeah um which that was also foam so she wouldn't smash her face i think i fucking hope that was foam jesus christ <laughs> the uh i'm also hoping the thing she cut her head off was with a foam wire because that looked painful <laughs> no 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 her cutting her head off is real tony collette's dead yeah <laughs> she's uh just a very very powerful method actress <laughs> We only have one take on this, guys. Don't fuck me, cameraman. <laughs> Just do your job. Right. She she told. I love writing on this scene. Tony Collette told her agent that she didn't want to do any more horror movies before she yeah. filmed Hereditary, and she, I don't she know how she got the script, but she liked it. <laughs> and she's like, "Never mind. I, I'm breaking my own embargo. I'm gonna just do it." Imagine if they actually had to die to make movies. Like imagine if the when someone died in a movie they actually killed off the actor because they didn't have the special effects but they wanted the realism. Well, in like the 1920s, like that, like actors did their own stunts. They didn't have stuntmen, and there were, you know, they were all Jackie Chan basically. Well, <laughs> kinda. I mean, when they would have you know something going over a waterfall or jumping out of the way of a train just in time like those were real people doing real stunts just fuck's sake <laughs> you know i read a fun fact um you know back in the day like had like cowboy and indian movies yeah and then they had actors like when they had like a duel and like they were shooting at each other and stuff yeah uh, they would have trained gunmen like real trained gunmen uh, shooting actual guns with real bullets at actors. Wow, uh, they would like they would make sure the train like they got they got trained gunmen so that they could miss on purpose, right? Yeah. <laughs> and and this is the reason why they created like a, a union for actors. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I would want a fucking union after that. Right. Yeah. It's funny because actors get paid way better now, and. Yeah. Uh, a lot less <laughs> yeah, they got it they got a real good union now back i mean back then actors got paid like the same as you know the, in, unless you were unless you were like charlie chaplin you know someone super famous i don't believe for a second that they got paid well because they had people shooting real bullets at them <laughs> okay. otherwise the studio would value their commodity more <laughs> see one part of one part says that it's logical that if you they get risk pay for that right yeah but it's such a high risk that another part tells me they don't really care about the (laughs) (laughs) don't really care about these people these people are not that important to them i can see that there's a level of like risk versus reward where the reward is just not there right you know it's just risk well, that's that's why I think like if if you're paying somebody immense amounts of money, you would insure them for a lot of money as well, and that that would mean you just don't shoot bullets at them. <laughs> but I don't know how 1920s film contracts worked. So yeah, I mean it's the 1920s. Like they 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 didn't invent seat belts until like the 60s. <laughs> <laughs> safety was not a concern back in the day <laughs> speaking, speaking about things not being a concern when this so they had they had a trailer for hereditary which is 
you know, the trailer was a little disturbing. It had some of the, you can watch, just watch the trailers on YouTube, but in Australia or, you know, some other country that isn't mine, um, there, there was uh, a children's movie, Peter Rabbit, that was being filmed and they put the trailer for Hereditary like right before the movie started. <laughs> That's glorious. That's lovely. <laughs> oh, God. It made the news and people got very upset. Hereditary presents Peter Rabbit. <laughs> oh. But there, in, the, in the news article I read, there were people, they were like, people and kids were just running out of the room while the trailer's going. I love it. That's fantastic. I like to think that that's like a disgruntled employee who did it on purpose and thought it was hilarious. Yeah, this is my last day anyways. The boss is an ass. I'm going to get him in trouble. <laughs> oh my god. I really, really enjoyed Hereditary. Oh, holy shit. It's such a good movie. I know. Such yeah. a good movie. Like, I want all horror movies to be like this. I, it was there was no jump scares in it whatsoever. No. Um, Not a single one. Like you know how we say there's no jump scares in a movie? There was no jump scares in this movie. I'm trying to think. Yeah, I can't remember one. Now it's been it's been a couple of months since I've seen it. So I there was, there was a ton of expecting a jump scare, but there was never a jump scare. Yeah. You expected it so many times, like in that one scene when he finds his dad all burnt up in front of the fireplace yeah, and you can see the fucking creepy possessed mom in the corner of the roof behind, right? <laughs> I was just like, oh god, oh god am I prepared for this jump? Am I prepared for this jump? For fuck's sake, for fuck's sake and then there was no jump, which also meant there was no alleviation of the tenseness in my chest yeah, which made the next fucking 20 minutes of that movie all the more terrifying and i love it i love it so much oh you could feel the fucking heart palpitations building up it's so great i love that <laughs> yeah i'm trying to think when i need to visit our fucking car after a good movie i watched uh... that's, a, that's a that's like a, a, a brand of quality right there for me when we when we watched my wife and I watched Hereditary Hereditary together, and the first time we watched it, I we stayed up and watched I think Futurama or something. We watched some comedy. We had to, no. we had to detox because it was it, it's a, it's a stress. Yeah, you gotta watch that afterwards. You know, you gotta have a palate cleanser before you go to sleep. Yeah, I watch it again the next day because there's so many things that you miss the first time, and then once you know, it's one of those things that when once you know what to look for. You can see things peppered throughout the movie. It's pretty cool. I gotta rewatch this, but I want to watch it with someone because I can't be on my own twice. Make Charlie watch it. Be like, hey, this, there's a oh, character yeah. named after you. Yeah, there's a <laughs> character named after you, Charlie. Oh, you love her. <laughs> really invested in her. Right. <laughs> Take all of your emotional investment and put it into that character. Imagine this as your future daughter. <laughs> oh, God. Just think of it. It's little Charlie. What's not to love? Charlie Jr. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Um, it's a good movie. His his other his other uh, movie, um, Summer Summerland. What what is it called? Um, Midsummer. Midsummer. Yeah. So that one is interesting 
and I do recommend watching that second because both movies kind of have the cult thing going on and he but he's uh, the cult thing. he he's telegraphs it like a lot of the things in hereditary he uses your your expectations and kind of like messes with them some like you know kind of what's coming um, what a genius this guy is i would say that midsummer you know a lot more of what's coming pretty much right away and so that movie is definitely about the journey because you know the, the, these people go to this this camp and everybody's wearing white and, forest yeah middle of nowhere um it, it, it's kind of a it, it's kind of like a creepy utopia movie if anything yeah you feel like you're in utah but it's the forest <laughs> right yeah. yeah yeah that's true this wasn't that yeah hereditary is in utah right i think that's where it takes place Oh, I have no idea. I, I just know a lot of Mormons. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> They're sweet people, but they, you know, they, the creepy cult does come to mind. Um, <laughs> you know what I felt when I was watching Hereditary? I felt like it has a lot of inspiration from Lovecraft. So much Lovecraftian inspiration in that movie. Lovecraft did write a lot about madness. He did, because uh, fun fact about Lovecraft, his uh, father went into a mental asylum and died there when Lovecraft was young. Um, and shortly after, like just a few years, his mother went into the same mental as- asylum and died as well. Uh, uh, and uh, like now we kind of know that it's because his dad had syphilis and obviously his mom would get it too. Right? Yeah. But Lovecraft didn't know that. So he was uh, convinced that his uh, his bloodline was cursed and mental Ill- mental illness was a big part of that since they both went to an asylum okay so that's what why a lot of his works are colored by like a, a, a genetic curse uh you know a father's sin passed to his son that whole thing as well as cults and mental illness and all, yeah all that stuff like that there yeah. you know he's he's the father of that he's the father of the genre of like asylum horror and cults yeah that's like his whole thing. And this was all about that. Even especially like uh, the whole a father sins past his son. Is, uh, you know, it was from mother to, to, to granddaughter. Yeah. Uh, grandmother to granddaughter, right? It's like the hereditary was being passed down from. Yeah, it's, it, it's in the title. It's basically, it's basically uh, <laughs> uh, like the curious case of Charles Dexter Ward, if you ever read that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, God, I love Lovecraft so much. Um. I know I've, I've, I have a bunch of his short stories in a couple of collections and I've, I've picked through and read about half. I, you know, I haven't read them all though. Oh, okay. I can recommend a couple if, uh, if you haven't read them. We, I we, think the curious, the curious case of Charles Dexter Ward is easily one of my favorites. That is such a good story. It's one of the longer short stories, but it builds up into some very satisfying shit. Nice. That's good. Yeah. It's uh, it, it's like you little reveals here and there, little hints. You can kind of guess what's coming, but also not really until it's actually happening. It's a really, really good story. I really like that one. Well, it, and it makes it makes sense that that um, you know, Lovecraft writing from his own experiences because Ari Aster had said in one of the interviews he did um, that he based kind of the the you talked about like how the tension doesn't pop and doesn't end. Um, He talked that 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 was a pretty intentional design choice because he 
based Hereditary on a period of his life of a few years where everything was going wrong and that, you know, deaths in the family, just, you know, financial issues, like just constant failure and problems just plaguing him. And he couldn't seem to, he felt like he was cursed and his family was cursed. And so this, that's where this movie came from was, you know, it's this constant tension that never goes away and you can't get rid of it. Even if you feel like you've solved the problem or if you've moved past something, it, it just, it just keeps snowballing into disaster. I've only seen one movie from this guy and I already love the hell out of him. He's only got two, but I'm very, very excited for anything else. Uh, his career, I will follow closely. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, going to be a fucking uh, Darth Sidious on him. <laughs> is, there, is there anything else you wanted to say before we sign off here? Uh, just, uh, just, I just want just to fucking gush over this movie more. It's so good. It's just so good. And that whole thing, like, it's like emotional edging almost, you know? Yeah. Just keeping you from your release to make it disgusting. But you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's, well, it's a disgusting movie. It's fine. It's a disgusting movie. I might as well use some disgusting imagery. <laughs> uh, I, just, I just absolutely adore it so much. Yeah. And the thing is, I, I, I just want there to be like a sequel, basically, to see the fucking rise of King Payman. But at the same time, that'd be so lame. Yeah, I don't want that. I, that I don't. Would be, that I'm would be impressed. That with. would be just fucking stupid. I would hate that. <laughs> but I, I just, I just love to imagine what's happening after. I just want more Ari Aster movies. It's like I yeah. want, I want um, Dan Harmon to make a new show because he always nails the first two seasons and kind of gets Dan a third. Uh, he wrote, he did Community and then Rick and Morty. Oh yeah, Rick and Morty. I know that show. Yeah. Um, oh, that's that's uh, that's yeah. I like that show. It's hilarious. Let me see. Um, I heard about Community, but I, I didn't know if that was funny or if it was like a, you know, you know, kind of like have you seen the League? I have. Yeah, I like the League, but it's also dumb as shit. It's okay. It's uh, yeah. It's, it's one of those shows that's funny, but it's not. You wouldn't recommend it to someone. You just no, kind of keep it as a dirty little secret. Exactly I would never recommend the league to somebody. Be like, this is good television. <laughs> no, because it isn't. It's it not is. like, Thirty Rock. I would recommend. I like, like the guy that plays Peter. I think he's hilarious. Um, and I like his character in the show. Who's Peter in? Uh, I don't remember the name of any of the characters in. Uh... Peter is the guy who isn't dating anyone, or maybe he breaks up with his girlfriend in the first episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, he's the troll. Guy. He's the one that like screws over everybody else, and there's like nothing. Yeah, yeah. He's the he's the yeah. He looks like a human goblin, right? No, no, no. That's Andre. I think you think. Oh yeah, yeah. That's Andre. Yeah. Andre's the doctor. Uh, yeah, who's Peter? Is he the guy who kind of looks like uh, Jeff Goldblum? Peter's the one that do is the dude that played in the movie uh, uh, Office Space. I didn't see that one. Oh, that's a very good movie. That's that's a classic. Oh, oh, is Peter the the kind of like the dumb guy with the taco truck? No, 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 no. P- Peter's like the main. I guess they're all main characters. He's he's just the other one that you haven't mentioned that isn't married. Okay, because the only one I can think of now is the is the is the one I feel like is the main character, and he's the one who's married with the the woman who joins the league. Yeah, no, not not him. It's the it's the last guy you have not mentioned yet. <laughs> I don't know who it is. He, he, 
that one's my favorite character because he's the one that kind of men he's the most forgettable one i i just, <laughs> no, i'm kidding i'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, yeah he um and i like nick kroll nick kroll's funny too nick kroll is i love him he's like he's like a tiny jeff goldblum He's got that funny show that he does with John Mulaney. He's a little more gross than Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum has kind of like a sex appeal, funny thing. Well, Nick Kroll has kind of like a, oh God, I need to wash myself. He feels greasy. But at the same time, they kind of, I don't know, they have a similar quality. I don't know what it is. They look a little alike. Nick Nick Kroll and Jeff Goldblum? They look a little alike. I mean, Jeff Goldblum plays his father in the show too. Which makes sense because I wasn't that familiar with Jeff Goldblum. I only knew him from Jurassic Park when I first saw the league. So I actually thought this was Jeff Goldblum. (laughs) But I'm really stupid with actors. Like I I constantly mix up uh, Kevin Costner and uh, and Nicolas Cage. (laughs) And uh, a a friend of mine is like, he's verbally smacking me in the face every time I can't remember who the fucking actors are. So, um, see, yeah, I, I, my instinct is to make fun of that comparison, but the thing is, is I don't have any ground to stand on because I do the same mix-ups and they're they're atrocious. <laughs> and like my my wife makes fun of me all the time because I always forget who people are. And yeah, she has many examples that she can cite <laughs> <laughs> of me messing things up in a very fundamental way that would offend most people. <laughs> oh, which is dumb. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you manage to get through this podcast and you haven't seen Hereditary, you're stupid. But please watch Hereditary. It's so good. Yeah, it is. And and yeah. I know we just like ruined everything for you. But yeah, watch it anyway. It's good. <laughs> yeah, it's not like we told anything like coherent or reasonable here anyway. So that's, that's right. It's still going to look like a completely new movie to you when you watch it. <laughs> like, well, this isn't anything like they described. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't see Nick Kroll in this movie at all. <laughs> <It's Nick Kroll. laughs> they promised me Nick Kroll, that forgettable guy that they can't remember. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pete, was it? I don't know. <laughs> well, this has been Moot. Please follow us on Twitter at the Moot Podcast and visit us at our Moot subreddit. And yeah, see you later. Cheerio.